Welcome to Donut Talks. Connecting dots, talks worth having. These are conversations that deepen our understanding, accelerate our learning, and ignite action towards a donut economy. We are Rita Alirejo and Stefan Verveng, two former Accenture Netherlands colleagues who became friends while singing on stage in a company band. La, 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 la. Today, we are independent professionals who connect on scalable learning towards a regenerative and distributive economy, inspired by the book Donut Economics. In this podcast, we facilitate our own learning journey and we hope to bring value to yours. After the massive success of our first series in Dutch, we have decided for this series to summarize and comment on each of the chapters of the Donut Economics book in Dunglish. And in all honesty, it was not really a decision, it's just something we could not escape. Donut Economics has a planetary scope and we need to connect globally. So instead of speaking Dutch, we'll give our best Dunglish a try. Rita, let's get savvy with systems in chapter 4. Let's do, yeah. Stefan, let's do. From mechanical equilibrium to dynamic complexity. Oh, yes, and, and we've done a, lot, a bit of catching up before we hit record, so the dynamic complexity of life it may not <laughs> creep into this recording as much. Yeah. If we didn't, if we didn't do see. that, so yeah. Ah, Newton, Newton's apple at the start of yeah. this chapter as a symbol yeah. for um, relatively straightforward laws um, that explain how the world works in a yeah and the and the jealousy of economists yeah. again to to be as uh, concise and simple as uh, as physics and uh, and create our own our own economic Newton's law. So it's a uh, it's a good start of the book. Yeah. I also loved uh, that she actually introduced what if Newton also looked not just at how the apple fell, but how the apple grew. You know, yeah. that it came from a tree and from soil. Ecosystem. And the ecosystem. Yep, and that, that would have, and if because yeah, basically she says if Newton focused on that, he may have come up with other ideas, which uh, may have then in turn also influenced economics in a very different way. Because what she states is his law of gravity uh, has been of a major influence of the economic uh, scientists at the time as well. Yeah, and yeah. I think there's an element of uh, I didn't hear you use that word, but prediction in it as well. So you, uh, I think that is an attractive feature for economists uh, that you can predict what's going to happen, right? So and a law uh, that mm -hmm. can you know faithfully predict what will happen uh, is super convenient. Yeah. As sure as you know that an apple will fall to the ground, we would want to predict in economics that agents and people in the economy. Uh, act a certain way and a lot of the theory is based on yep. that so she she also starts in the beginning of the chapter that if we want to look at more of a 21st century economy we have to overcome our inheritance yep our uh, I, I recall this from our previous recordings our inheritance of being uh, uh, from our linear being beings in a lineage of uh, creatures that lived in small surroundings <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's two, it's two types two, two types of inheritance like the whole evolution of of mm. men as yeah, a as a so biological as people, phenomenon as a yeah. biological being as as community beings we are, we were used to live in small groups uh, villages uh, have quick feedback uh, we have we had little impact of the surroundings uh, beyond our family or community or village so our brain basically has evolved with a near, short-term and responsive um, mindset. Uh, and we expect things to be incremental in terms of change, change incremental and linear. Yeah. So, but obviously the world now is completely complex. And we actually haven't evolved enough uh, as, a, as, as, a, as a biological organism to, to handle such complexity. Yeah. So it's actually, and she comes back to that later, that we, we have to learn uh, that we live in systems and we also have to learn how to, how to be systems thinkers. 
So that's one part of the inheritance that we need to overcome. Mm -hmm. And the other is the whole evolution of economic theory, which you also discussed in, right. uh, in chapter one and two, that it's, it's, you know, the economy is seen as this mechanism and also that language is used, you know, mechanics, mechanism, equilibrium, laws. So like the, the law of equilibrium actually is there. The mar law of market equilibrium yeah. is, uh, is quite a famous uh, economic theory that, yeah. we, that we all get in school with, uh, with uh, supply and demand curves being these two. Uh, the supply curve being the upward curve and the demand curve, the downward curve. Uh, plotted against the axis of price and quantity and in the middle you have this market equilibrium yeah. which is always valid and every every commodities market flows uh, to that equilibrium. Yeah and even that image was uh, ascribed also a certain magical uh, quality because it somewhat resembles a pair of scissors so that yeah. pair of scissors uh, actually cuts the ideal equilibrium price in the market. Yeah. <laughs> How convenient. Yeah. Very convenient. Yeah. And I think even more convenient is that this is so basically it started what like this is how uh, a, a one commodity market behaves and let's make it let's uh, continue the simplification and just say that all commodities uh, put together so the whole market behaves like this yeah. because we can just add up these systems add up this mechanical thinking uh, but what what would you end up with is actually a system with a lot of assumptions um, uh, Rita uh, just for my understanding the word commodity I've heard it many times and I sometimes use it but actually uh, maybe you as uh, the real economist in the room uh, can uh, <laughs> yes putting the burden on please don't call me like this monkey and put it on your shoulders no uh, what is what is a commodity uh, I would say, you know, maybe in, 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 in Lehman's terms, it's just, it's a product. Right, it's a product see, okay. Service, so, but it's it's a know? common so product. Like anybody could buy it in many stores. It's not very scarce, is it? Um, yeah, but I think in this theory, everything is regarded like that, right? Because we only need very logical things and very basic things right so but the, but so you have, don't have all these preferences yeah. we don't have all these preferences that we learned in the in the previous chapter mm -hmm. as being too complex so i think that's why you use the word commodity and now you use commodity for instance like uh you know for 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 pork bellies or for for grain or for you know all these like bulk products are are are, are mostly used as commodities right. that, that actually have like a big market right specific for a certain community. Yeah, and they are widely available, yeah. that kind of idea. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but so maybe in the bulk uh, resource type products uh, that are produced in high volumes. Okay, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. But I think in this theory, it, it, you could really see it as any, any type of surface or product because the theory basically says, you know, everything... Yeah. Uh, follows these Everything. rules of market market equilibrium. So even the demand for pencils or yeah. face cream <laughs> follows this commodity type of thinking and uh, and and uh, economic. Yeah, role. no matter the circumstances, so, uh, local supply yeah. chain, the ecology of the landscape, yeah. whatever, it's all the same. Yeah, and and no matter the the the, the very complex complexity of our own human mm -hmm. nature, mm -hmm. yeah, like we discussed in uh, in the previous chapter, with all with all our biases, with all our different preferences, it 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 talks about this this uh, standard um, agent. You know, there's just one type of consumer slash uh, worker slash owner mm -hmm. that behaves in a certain way. So. The, the word homo economicus is not not mentioned explicitly here but but she did she does mention this the stereotype and it is basically homo economicus that that's underlying uh these economic theories yeah so yeah, yeah. so yeah again the, like some of the assumptions are you know everybody's fully informed uh competition is uh is perfect uh so there's no monopoly or oligopoly uh, and again, we, we only want to maximize our utility. Um, you know, supply follows uh, the diminishing marginal return as a, as, a, as a dynamic, so as a law, that's why it's upsloping. 
and, dema and demand a diminishing marginal utility of consumption. So that's why it's downward sloping. And actually later on, uh, she, um, she mentions an economist that, uh, that, that, that says that, uh, and I think what we recognize also the most is that with supply, it's not that costs get higher when you produce more. We are far more familiar with economies of scale, right? Costs actually are also becoming lower when you produce more. So there's a lot of um, flaws in this this uh, economic thinking, and that's why she that, that that's a big part of uh, the inheritance that we also need to overcome. Yeah. So the inheritance is is uh, you know an attempt at, at coming up with a, a simple model. Uh, Mm -hmm. But that's in itself quite sticky as well, because it's uh, one of the first. It was easy to get started uh, with that kind of thinking, and it's stuck around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, but it, and maybe also because it, it matches our biological uh, inheritance as well, right? I we think have a need so, for yeah, that absolutely. Yeah, that, that, that need for simplicity, also our need for, for equilibrium, for resolution, for balance. That's also like uh, uh, very uh, innate to human nature. Yeah, she even so. mentions indeed also that we, in music we, we seek harmony and resolution yeah. of dissonance. Uh, so yeah. as we're saying this, I'm thinking, hmm, so uh, appreciating dissonance may, may be part of our future evolution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and and then the, another interesting thing uh, that she mentions uh, when closing this uh, this subchapter about uh, our inheritance is um, the work of uh, Warren Weaver yep. with his uh, three models, uh, three different types of problems. Mm -hmm. So the problems of simplicity, which have have uh, has just two variables and is linear in cause, cause, causality. Yep. Then the problems of disordered complexity. So that's the other extreme where you have random movements and loads of variables. And then there's this in-between space of problems of organized complexity yeah. where you have a number of variables that are sizable. So you can, you can grasp it. Mm -hmm. And then within those variables, you can identify interrelated uh, connections. So you can, can kind of identify an organic whole. Yeah. And that, that leads to uh, complexity theory and systems thinking also within economics. Yeah. yeah, I think Weaver, if you look him up on Wikipedia, I put it in the wiki, uh, in our wiki, uh, the link to that lemma in Wikipedia. And uh, I think he was one of the earlier complexity thinkers. Uh, and he worked for the uh, Rockefeller Foundation. Yeah. Uh, but this is all predating uh, the Santa Fe Institute's uh, work, who've done, who, 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 which does a lot more with uh, like computational approaches, right? They they do a lot of simulations, mm -hmm. uh, modeling and simulations. Yeah. 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 And I think also at the end, which I also want to mention, is uh, her quoting David Colander, uh, and how he recounts. Um, Looking back, you know, so look yeah. back from 2050, how he recounts that economists actually will be uh, very late in understanding that uh, that we uh, need to think uh, in complex systems and probably will only catch up when it's 2030. And then and then Kate's appeal that hopefully we don't need to wait that long and we can actually start now with, with more of a systems thinking uh, yeah, I must say in, the, in this chapter, she's really, really quite critical uh, of economics thinking. Uh, well, she does. She does. Um, she yeah. is. She's quite harsh. But again, then later on, I think it's uh, it's when she talks about complexity in economics, she actually goes back to a lot of uh, um, to to many of the greats within economic theory, mm -hmm. like Keynes and Schumpeter mm -hmm. and Marshall, Marx, Jevons, and and she notes that each one of them actually did acknowledge that there was complexity within economic thinking. Yeah. They just didn't choose that path yeah, uh, yeah. to study further. And they didn't have they, the, the insights that emerged from from complexity thinking. Uh, you know, came much yeah. later. Uh, so so yeah. they didn't have contemporary uh, uh, thinkers that, that influenced them uh, in that regard. Yeah, yeah. 
But she says, for instance, that uh, Alfred Marshall uh, argued against mechanical metaphors and instead said, saw economics as a branch of biology, mm-hmm. broadly interpreted. Yeah. So, so those are kind of fun, fun things to read. Also, Keynes that said, you know, econ- economists set themselves too easy, too useless a task. If in tempestuous seasons they can only tell us that when the storm is long past, the ocean is flat again. Mm. I love that quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very useful. Oh, the ocean's flat. Mm. And now the ocean's also flat. But what happened in between? Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. <laughs> so uh, so I think, you know, and th- then she, she's, she's a little less critical. She recognizes that a lot of these thoughts were actually already there. And, it, and it's also for her to help her case, saying, okay, we listen to, to maybe more the mechanical part of, of their thinking, but actually these great economists also saw another side, and let's tap into that part of their thinking and build further on that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you look at the title, because from, from this point in the book, she, uh, well, she starts uh, with this segment, uh, The Dance of Complexity. She starts... And zooming in more on, on uh, you know, how do these complex patterns uh, and dynamics, how, how are they formed? What are the, some of the basic principles that we can perceive? Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I think the, the word, uh, the, the, t- the title she uses for the book, Getting Savvy with Systems, I, I know the term mm-hmm. like tech savvy, you know, uh, knowing mm-hmm. is about being in the know or knowing your stuff. Mm-hmm. But I looked up the word because I, I was I wanted to get a bit of a better sense of what is she really hinting at. And mm-hmm. uh, my best uh, understanding now is that savviness is really about knowing how. So not so much mm-hmm. uh, less emphasis on the what, but really, you know, can yeah. you make it practical? Right. Can you really yeah. work with uh, systems? So it's not yeah. about, you know, theorizing them, but working no. with systems. Yeah, and I think also understanding mm-hmm. them. So how are systems actually working? So, and I think also later on when she, when she taps into this whole notion of seeing the economy and working with the economy as if it were a garden, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's about creating conditions, not so much creating uh, predictions, you yeah. know, so I think that's also uh, uh, tied into this word savviness. You know, you 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 know, you have a better understanding of how systems work, how they function, so you know how to flow with it. You know how to dance with it. Yeah, I'm actually yeah. making a dancing yeah. movement. Yeah, yeah, now. yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can see it. Looks good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> uh, so, so, so this whole idea of rigid uh, uh, equations that predict a certain outcome. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, you, you put some statistics maybe into it, so you get some kind of a range, but still it's very linear, yeah. you know, what the outcome is. And she says, you know, we uh, systems are in a sense also quite unpredictable. Yeah. So you, you might have a, like a hypothesis, but again, you also have to try a lot of things actually to see what works. And it's a, it's a continuous dance uh, also because systems tend also to change. Yeah. Uh, when t- when time uh, passes, so it's never you will never have a grasp of the system. I think that that in itself is an important notion. But but there are uh, certain things that that um, that are basically like may- maybe the basics of of systems thinking. So you have uh, stocks and flows and uh, feedback loops, and that's that's what she describes in her chapter. Uh, dancing uh like what is it called the dance of complexity yeah and and delay so maybe, right so that's the third one she made. yeah yeah so the the so that's the timing aspect of these of these things so you have you have stocks like those are you know she she uses the x chickens and crossroads of road crossings as uh, as stocks and then you have these relationship between these stocks those are called flows and that can be a positive flow or, uh, or a negative flow, and, and they go both ways. So between two stocks you have from, let's say, from A to B, you have a relationship, but also back from B to A. Uh, and so uh, if, if those are both positive relationships, then you have a reinforcing loop. So A influences B positively, but B also influences A positively. Mm-hmm. 
and if those uh, if uh, influences are actually the other way around, so A uh, uh, influences B positively, but B positive uh, influences A negatively. Hope people can still follow what I'm saying. If else, it's in the, on chapter 140 of the English edition. But then you have a, you have a negative feedback loop, and those loops can then also be quite stubborn or sticky. So they, they it can have a certain delay. So that's also like the timing aspect of uh, of systems. Yeah, and I think uh, it's good to note that these these loops that can be either reinforcing or balancing. Uh, these are very much related to well, can you uh, to the, the perception of the person that is doing the systems thinking. Uh, what is the pattern that you perceive that is uh, uh, consistent, uh, re consistently repeating? Mm -hmm. So in order to perceive a pattern, it needs to repeat, right? So it's it's there over yeah. time, uh, and and by isolating that, uh, getting a sense of the relationships, how uh, you know how does a uh, and b, how do they uh, influence one another? How strong mm -hmm. is that relationship? Um, can you even quantify it if you want? Uh, uh, yeah. that's where you can get a sense of a loop. And in a complex system, you have multiple loops that are connected in mm -hmm. many ways, right? So it's really, yeah. uh, well, almost like a meditation, I think, on, you know, what's going on? Here's a chicken crossing the road, it gets squashed, and, you know, <laughs> there, but it's also laying eggs, and <laughs> these are different yeah, loops. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, and I think uh, later on in the chapter, she also talks about certain... Um, guidelines of system things systems thinking and, and working with systems and one of them is being very humble mm -hmm. is is being uh i think very um that, that you have to observe that you have to first understand you know it's 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 one of the tips that she that she mentioned so we'll come across that uh, that later on i think what i what i also think is important about this subchapter is that at a certain point she uh, quotes uh Orit Gal around complexity theory. Um, and it talks about yeah. sometimes we, we experience uh, an event as an external shock, but that external shock is actually uh, an emergent, it has an underlying uh, uh, internal trend that is manifesting itself. Yeah, it, it, there's so a little wrong quote here that complexity, yeah. complexity theory teaches us that major events are manifestations of maturing and converging underlying trends. They reflect change that has already occurred within the system. So that's a delay right yeah. there. Uh, yeah. yeah, stuff happens over time. It builds up until a certain critical point, a tipping point maybe mm -hmm. multiple tipping points that influence one another you know it can be a cascade of things yeah. going on until a uh, maybe a disruption takes place uh, yeah exactly yeah. and i think uh, i think already at this point it's good to note i'm not sure where exactly in this chapter she mentions it but uh, in one phrase she she mentions two big loops that she perceives and one is the uh, ever-increasing social inequality. So that's a reinforcement yeah. loop. Uh, and the other mm -hmm. one, uh, is uh, which is actually strengthening the other one, is the ecological, continual uh, ecological degradation. And those yeah. are two uh, reinforcing loops that are also mutually reinforcing, which is makes it even, you know, it compounds the impact. And, and yeah. it's basically a, a problem in the making, if you will, right? Yeah, it's a, blue, a blueprint for trouble. I think it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's later on in the chapter. But yeah, that's, that's a, it's a very important point of this chapter. And she, she dives into those uh, things also a little, little bit more in, uh, in, her, in some of the sub-chapters. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, the inequality. Actually, managing and tackling uh, ecological uh, degradation is quite difficult because we, as a society, are so stratified because of the inequality. And and so yeah, those those two things influence each other. So you so you have to tackle them both. And I think that's also the key of, of our donut model. Yeah. Yeah, and also the the consequences of the ecological de degradation. 
the burden of that is is sh- uh, typically shifted to those who are already in a uh, in a, a less fortunate uh, position in terms of uh, their social economic status. Yeah. 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 So when she talks about complexity in economics, she, she goes back to what we previously already mentioned, that uh, most of the, 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 the big economists did acknowledge that there were, that there were, that the economy, that the economy and economic theory is uh, quite limited in its very mechanical thinking. And so, and she also then mentions a few, um, uh, uh, some other economists that actually looked more specifically to system dynamics like, for instance, John Sturman that said there are no side effects, just effects. Mm-hmm. And just the very notion of, of, of saying that something is a side effect is a sign that the boundaries of our mental models are too narrow yeah. and our time horizon too short. Yeah, yeah the drawing of boundaries uh, is, is a very uh, critical and important step. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then again here she reiterates before she moves into... Uh, some of the things that we have witnessed, like our economic model did not predict the financial crisis, it did not predict the ecological uh, crisis that we are in, but those things are a reality. And so basically she says, you know, uh, our, our equilibrium model is just too confined. And, and if you look closer to the assumptions that underlie this equilibrium model and you confront it with real life, uh, you see that th- those assumptions actually break down. Yeah, there's no so, equi- equilibrium to be found. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and then she mentions, uh, so one of the things is the, the what she calls the bubble boom and bust, uh, the dynamics of finance. And I found this, uh, what, what, what was on your uh, bucket list after the last chapter, reflexivity. Yep. It's, in the, it's in the book, <laughs> yeah. This is the first time uh, I see the word in this book, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a quote of George uh, Soros mm-hmm. uh, that patterns, you know, the reflexivity of uh, of markets, the patterns of feedbacks that kick in when market participants' views influence the course of events, and the course of events in turn influences participants' views. Yes. So yeah, and and this is what we actually have seen happening in the with the financial uh, bubble boom and bust. And so she describes here how, you know, how trends and asset bubbles can actually make us quite irrational. Again, also referring to uh, chapter three, the, how we are as humans, um, which, which then eventually leads to a crash. And, a crash. and I found her work and her um, quote of, quotes of Hyman Minsky um, very... Uh, insightful in a sense because this is an economist that already in 1975 wrote about the financial instability hypothesis Uh, it's on chapter 146 where he actually says the stability of the financial system actually breeds instability Mm -hmm. meaning you know if if for instance you look at the housing market and everything goes well people get overly confident yeah yeah and they get overly confident about a lot of things so Things go well, you get overly confident, and then this whole boom thinking uh, uh, emerges and is this following the boom behavior. But then at a certain pr- uh, point, there comes a time and prices do not uh, cannot keep pace with your expectations, and then it's the bust, yeah, yeah, the bubble the burst. Classic boom and bust cycle. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the sad thing about it is that we don't we don't learn. <laughs> so this is what what, well, what, it, what it, he it, calls the, the rolling cycle of dynamic disequilibrium. Well, uh, so it, we just start over again. To, to the extent that we learn, uh, we we start to well start. We have uh, put this boom and bust cycle. Uh, I think at the level of a law of economics, like this is how it goes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah. Bubbles will appear. Uh, there will be a boom and bust cycle, so you better surf the waves uh, uh, accordingly. But uh, assuming that you know that is just the way things are. Well, you we know that that's the way things are, but it's always like okay, but is this the peak is this the peak that's always like you, never you know. know it's very hard to to find that exact timing yeah. 
And actually, we fail in finding that exact exact timing. And we see maybe it's because of the confirmation bias that we have. We just want to believe, you know, everybody is like what you also saw uh, yeah, with, with, with any bubble, really. More and more people get into, oh, I, I you know, they have this fear of missing out and they want to get into the game because, yeah, who knows? It's, it was probably, yeah, we know it will go down, but probably now it will still go up a little bit. There's this... I think from of human nature, you know, if, if, if you are aware of it, I think the best thing would just be to opt out <laughs> and not play that game. Mm. But the people that do play that game, it's hard to, to predict, to actually really be good at predicting what the peak then actually yeah. is, or, or on the other hand, what the bottom well, is. Well, I think, you know, this is why Las Vegas uh, <laughs> works so well. <laughs> people... The house always wins, <laughs> yes. right? Yes. Yes, and I must say, uh, today, uh, I, I thought I put a link in, in the wiki. I'll, I'll look it up again, because uh, I don't see mm-hmm. it there right now. But there was a very p- good, interesting piece in The Guardian, an interview with George Soros, and there's some more mm-hmm. background information on why some of the conservative party, the conservative party in the UK, but also the Republicans in the US, why they have a dislike mm-hmm. of uh, Soros, uh, and how that relates to Hungary, Ukraine... Uh, if if you follow that thread more, and and I'm not con- suggesting yeah. conspiracy theory here, but but more yeah. how um, uh, w- w- more factual I think uh, of of you mm-hmm. know what G- George Soros has done in the past and how he has uh, invested mm-hmm. his capital afterwards. He had a major role in the crash of the pound uh, a few uh, a couple of years ago and earned like mm-hmm. a billion let's say, dollars uh, from the cr- mm-hmm. crash of the pound, <laughs> which uh, okay. <laughs> made him yeah. not very popular in the UK uh, with, by, with some, although he later said, apparently, that uh, the, the, the effect it has had on his uh, visibility uh, mm-hmm. has helped him greatly. So this is a person who postulates a theory of reflexivity. You know, uh, uh, yeah. if, if people start perceiving him... Uh, to be an asshole because he made money off the crash of, of the pound, uh, he can still see that as a, a value increase in the sense that people now may take more interest in what he has to say. Mm. Right? <laughs> mm. uh, and, and if you yeah. look into the biography yeah. of this guy, he, um, you know, his, his family was, was murdered in the uh, Holocaust, so he's very keen on uh, preventing a repetition of history so it's very much uh, mm. focused on promoting open societies and anyway mm. it, it in, in in that history line of history that that's in the article uh, apparently there's also a very direct link to the situation in the U- ukraine so somehow you know a lot of the actual uh, stuff you see uh, happening in the news it's it's mm-hmm. quite tightly linked, I think, to uh, to this particular person, uh, which is super yeah. interesting, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's put the link up in our in our yep. wiki. Uh, and another thing in this chapter that she mentions, which is which is I think worthwhile mentioning here, is is just how networks work, right? So we have a system, and we have networks with different nodes, and that was actually one of the. Um, uh, the things that perhaps uh, we didn't realize well enough, you know, interconnectedness can be can be can make a system very robust, but it can also make it very fragile, and that that was that was the case with the financial system because there were there were just uh, some super nodes, mm-hmm. some hubs, and if you have a network network where there where you can identify these super nodes, then uh, instead of a shock absorber. Uh, the network actually becomes um, uh, a shock amplifier. Amplifier. So that, that that's what we saw happening uh, during the financial crisis. So the the concept of uh, super nodes and and being and be and being in a network that actually is a shock amplifier to me was uh, was also a, a a nice and good uh, insight in systems thinking. Yeah. yeah. I think there was even in terms of the the meta system. So in ter- uh, uh, one of the aspects of system thinking that she does mention a bit indirectly is that uh, systems are nested, right? So she mentions mm-hmm. cells being part of organs and, and things like that. But this idea yeah. of recursion, uh, recursivity, 
is critical. Mm -hmm. So the financial system and its regulators, which are at a you know at a meta system, uh, who are a meta system, a recursion level up. Apparently, mm -hmm. the type of meta system to to pro to provide the dampening that was needed in the two thousand and eight crash was mm -hmm. absent. Right. Mm. So, uh, and, and certain measures that were needed to absorb that kind of shocks wasn't the, the, the they were absent. Um, yeah. So, so getting uh, w when it comes to getting savvy with systems, I think uh, and you and I, Rita, we both visited the, the Metaforum conference uh, here in the Netherlands, mm -hmm. right? Recently, uh, here in two thousand nineteen. Visiting that community again, it really um, on my bucket list, let's say from from that, and it might also be on the bucket list for donut economics is uh, is getting very sis savvy with recursion. Uh, so on what mm -hmm. level, uh, what system are we embedded in, and in what system is that system embedded in? Getting that 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 mm -hmm. uh, idea of you know what is influencing what. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, getting more clarity about that on that, I think, mm -hmm. is um, for me has become uh, more of a priority as well because it relates yeah. basically also to this idea of commoning, right? So mm -hmm. if you want to have a, a space that is a commons, good. You need reg rules and regulations for that common, yes. Mm -hmm. Now we also need a social process to uh, develop those rules and regulations. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, that process may need a design environment as well, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? And this is very yeah. layered. So if, if you, if you mm -hmm. don't uh, give that any consideration, you know, you might improvise, you know, brilliantly. That could happen. But I think from in my sense, uh, it's very much uh, you're, you're a bit delivered to a chance, let's say. It's, it's, a, bit, <laughs> you're, it's a bit much more gambling than mm -hmm. uh, if you would apply some readily available systems thinking insights. But that red really do take practice to mm -hmm. uh, to actually work with them. It is something yeah. that needs practice. Yeah. yeah, practice and understanding and identifying and just also identifying what mm -hmm. is. Like the financial system was too, uh, what you also mentioned in chapter two, the financial system was just too dominant. It was... Uh, basically, the economy was embedded in the financial yeah. system. And in, in the redesign, she actually says that the financial system should be embedded within the economy. It should serve the bigger system, yeah. right? It should serve the economy. And that was not the case. So it's, 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 it's good to, to be able to identify these levels of recursion mm -hmm. and also identify uh, what, what, uh, what, the, what the current reality is in terms of hierarchy mm -hmm. and what the reality should be or what the redesign should be. So yeah, it's definitely something that uh, that we need to learn more about, yeah. and it was uh, in that sense very good to for me at least to be introduced uh, in uh, in systems thinking and cybernetics uh, over the weekend uh, at Metaphor. Yeah, and it links yeah. directly to to the the work of Donella Meadows that is mentioned with the leverage points, right? Uh, some yeah. leverage points may really be about some very operational. Uh, metrics that need to be improved, which can do, you know, have some effects, uh, and, and and those may be needed, if if you're, mm -hmm. you know, uh, responsible for a running operational system, but if you want to do mm -hmm. a uh, a complete rethink of how things work in a macro sense, well, then your leverage point is uh, culture, and ideology, yeah. <laughs> and identity. And uh, but that's yeah. you know that's a tough if if you system yes five. it's system five <laughs> in the viable systems model yeah uh, and and not just maybe for an individual but if you want to have that as a group in an next recursion level yeah. how do you have a shared yeah. culture well maybe a book reading a yeah. book is 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 a good artifact for promoting a system five uh, 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 at a group level yeah it's a it's a start at least. Yeah. And, 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 and But I also think in, in this whole systems thinking, uh, you know, I, I, today I saw a link uh, for an event of the sustainable finance uh, mm -hmm. group. I mean, there are many groups within uh, many specialities, like, you know, we, we, uh, before we, we started this, uh, this talk, we also talked about uh, upcoming event, what design can do, which, which groups together creative. So I think we need that diversity. Yep. And I think from all these disciplines, 
it's 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 great that all of these disciplines are looking towards sustainability yeah. and looking towards redesign of the system uh, because we we need all these insights it it can't be and i i love that actually uh, uh, about systems thinking and 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 network thinking uh, as a person you can't you can't know everything no. you don't have all the connections no, no. you don't have the full control and full oversight or full full view of the system so that also says that we need to collaborate and need, need to trust and need to uh, reach out and 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 and, and try to uh, to be in different bubbles but it will be a collect collection of bubbles or a constellation of bubbles that for every person every node in the network will be different yeah uh, so um, I think that's also uh, exciting for me. Actually, that that was really something that that uh, again at Metaform, specifically at the workshop on Monday, was was a clear picture for me when when we, when we talked about the cosmic code and and having all these. Uh, it, 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 for for our listeners, it will be <laughs> too too nerdy now. So we we might well, want to we'll, go back to the. We book, can excuse but, ourselves but by saying that uh, Kate <laughs> uses the uh, Hoberman sphere in her uh, presentations, right? Yeah. Which looks like yeah. a kid's toy, but uh, it's it's a little plastic ball that uh, once she starts yeah. pulling on the edges, it turns into a huge sphere. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I must be uh, to be honest. I don't ex- know exactly uh, at what point in her story she uses that, but, but uh, do you know, Rita? Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, to to point yeah. out that that it's a system right. that that it's all different connections and it's not uh, it's not a linear model. It's not even the simplification of a donut mm-hmm. model. Exactly. It's you know it's 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 the representation of the donut spaghetti yeah. in a sense. So and she also uses it. To uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of time in business, we say we have to close the loop. So if you if you are a producer of jackets, uh, the whole idea of closing your own loop and saying, okay, I need to uh, organize that the jackets that I produce come back to my factory so I can produce jackets again. She actually says nature does not work like that. What first was a tree the case and then becomes perhaps a human or perhaps uh, an elephant. Uh, nature works in building blocks that can have different, uh, that can take different shapes. And so she, she uh, stimulates an economy and also a circular economy in that sense that works more like the Hoberman sphere and, and where, 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 where businesses across sectors and over different, uh, yeah, across different sectors work together on a materials level, instead of saying, okay, I'm just going to close my loop. You can't close your loop. That would Not be... Not by yourself. No, that, that, it is a loop. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, we, we, have to, we have to close the loop. Right. <laughs> you know, we have to close the Hoberman The loop sphere, of loops. So. That's it. The loop of loops, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I saw on the wiki that you, you, you faithfully put in there a, a bathtub. Yeah. Right, because uh, yeah. Uh, she, uh, she, she, at one point she starts... Uh, describing some of the efforts done in the past um, about, again, modeling, uh, but also building simulations for supporting mm-hmm. uh, decision-making. I, I'm, 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 I, I've, the, 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 one of the first times that we've read it, it's, uh, we're beyond rereading the book, right? But she, she mm-hmm. met, uh, I was already intrigued by the Sea Roads uh, simulation, which mm-hmm. is the climate rapid overview and decision support um, simulation. Yeah. I like that idea uh, that, you know, the, depending on the kind of situation you, you enter into at whatever level of recursion uh, in the world, right, mm-hmm. uh, be it uh, at the national government level or maybe, uh, I don't know, a province, if you have a kind of uh, decision support tool uh, that helps to, uh, I don't know, keep, keep track of where are we, oh, to what kind of scenario are we moving with the trends that we perceive what kind of decision making do mm-hmm. we need for that and being aligned on yeah. that on a global scale seems like a super important mm-hmm. thing yeah and again you know this is i i posted the bookmark of the of the website in in our wiki as mm-hmm. well so apparently this is a free award-winning computer simulator yep. And I, I'm just wondering how many policymakers actually know of the existence mm-hmm. of this you know that that already in itself, I I feel it's is important that that uh, in a small way we try to contribute to is is spreading this knowledge and spreading the deeper knowledge, 
you know, and, and I hope uh, we have, maybe we should promote it a little bit more, but um, just reading the book and, and, and seeing not only the, the, the different insights, the history, but also these type of tips, I think, can be so useful if people come across this. Yeah. And so she, she mentions it in the, basically what you already mentioned, right? These are the, the, the two main things that we've seen is this dynamics of inequality and the dynamics of climate yeah. change. Um, and so this is, uh, this is mentioned in the, in the climate change uh, chapter together with the bathtub. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, well, I don't know what to, to say more about it, I think. Well, she, she revisits some of the, uh, the, the, the previous uh, uh, efforts at simulation. So the, 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 the famous mm. limits to growth report by the Club of Rome yeah. was based on some of the earlier uh, simulation efforts. Uh, mm-hmm. I was happy to upon this reading to see that actually MIT was involved in uh, setting up something called World Three uh, mm-hmm. um, as a simulation system. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if they were involved in the actual limits to growth report. Um, yeah, see, it they were actually yeah. the limits to growth yeah. report was based on a model developed at MIT. So that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know. Because uh, yeah. on the wiki, it's, uh, I'm a bit all over the place this evening, I'm sorry. But on the wiki, <laughs> I, uh, I put in a couple of things about uh, simulation, but also about intervening in systems. So if you, if you have a sense of what a system is doing based on the, the thinking mm-hmm. done and then making it dynamic by you know, trying out different uh, uh, variables, different parameters in, mm-hmm. a, in a simulation... There are tools for supporting that. So I, I put in a link to, for instance, InsightMaker, uh, which is a, a vision mm-hmm. eh, on the inside. Uh, you get insights from it by playing around with variables. And, and, and you can do the whole bathtub simulation that she mentions in this chapter. Oh, cool. There's actually yeah. a tutorial on uh, on creating the bathtub simulation nice. in there. Yeah, oh, nice. but but another nice, thing nice, is nice. that yeah. uh, since systems uh, as a word seems to easily distract from the idea that you know you're working with people, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes these people work with technology rules and etc. But uh, but basically mm-hmm. it's people, and if people have to do uh, uh, very deep rethinking, you enter into social uh, processes. So I put in a link also for to theory you. Uh, which mm-hmm. it also finds its origin at MIT, uh, but much later. Okay. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's very interesting. So I ne- it's only now that I see that actually uh, they, they both come from the same place. Um, yeah, so I, I just felt like yeah. saying that. And, uh, and uh, a, uh, when it comes to Theory U, uh, they play mm-hmm. with a, a specific type of uh, system interventions, but also system a persist system perceiving itself, which is systemic mm-hmm. constellation. So you you can do that with Playmobil, uh, right? You can make little figures. Uh, you can describe a situation or a, a working situation or a societal situation by you know putting actors on stage, if you will, right? And and mm-hmm. and make them yeah. perform a little story. Uh, Le- uh, Kate w- uh, works with in this way with. Um, on her Twitter channel, you will see that she uh, frequently retweets, I think it's called uh, Ethics in Lego, uh, a, a mm-hmm. Twitter uh, account that, uh, you know, um, that models certain classical ethical dilemmas in Lego. Mm-hmm. So you see Lego puppets okay. doing something and then there's a little story about an ethical decision that needs to be made. Uh, and I think, oh. you know, th- that is already a little systemic intervention she ju- does just by simply retweeting those kinds of uh, uh, resources yeah, yeah. and I think yeah. it's good to yeah. just mention that to also recognize mm-hmm. it that she's actually being savvy with system when she does that she's mm-hmm. to, she's playing yeah. around but she's she certainly is uh, well she she's not just uh, doing random things <laughs> she's she's on a mission nope <laughs> she doesn't look like somebody who does random things but she's dancing she's yeah. dancing with the system and she's savvy with the yeah. system um coming going coming back to the the dynamics of inequality mm. and the dynamics of climate change i think it's also uh again the positioning of her chapters 
uh, is really showcased very well here because those two things, those two um, observations that she makes are actually uh, key to her devising these two main strategies moving forward. So she says today's economy is divisive and degenerative by default. Tomorrow's economy must be distributive and regenerative by design. So those are the two following mm-hmm. chapters that mm-hmm. we will uh, read and discuss after this one. So so this is this is really the introduction to those two uh, main strategies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and actually, yeah. So yeah, she 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 base she bases the, the those needed interventions on on the inside that this is a, a problem waiting to happen, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that they and that they are very interconnected, and because it inequality makes society so stratified, it's very hard to make decisions moving forward. Because there's this uh, small elite that actually also has the decision making power that that's more short term minded, uh, guarding their own interests and not looking at the longer term uh, interest of uh, society as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. So. So that's that still remains the challenge, I guess. <laughs> I I, I'm, I would be very interested though to 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 talk to people that uh, are perceived to have that short time horizon, and then listen mm-hmm. to their perspective on that because uh, they they, they yeah, might have some true. refreshing yeah. things to say to say. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how would you how would you judge, for instance, what Bill Gates is doing? He's one of the wealthiest people mm-hmm. or the second wealthiest uh, person in the world. But with his uh, Gates Foundation, he does a lot of good mm-hmm. projects uh, across the world. And, um, you know, there, there are many more billionaires that are open to being taxed more. So I think, yeah, it's, it's a bit black and white, of course, this, this, uh, this phrasing perhaps that, you know, the, the elite has decision-making power is very short-term minded, but... Uh, I think in in terms of a systems observation, it might it might mm. be true because we know perhaps the one three four five uh, billionaires that actually uh, go uh, go and move on the world stage to to have themselves yeah. seen and uh, be observed as as being a billionaire and a philanthropist. But there are many people that move more behind the scenes and influence. Uh, for instance, with with lobbying uh, political parties or uh, yeah, it says your internet yeah, connection yeah. is unstable. Oh, did you have that? Yeah, too? no, no, it's on your end. Your your oh. connection oh, is okay. a bit wobbly. Wobbly, wobbly. But perhaps we should we should round up because we're at fifty one minutes uh, <laughs> already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. it it actually is uh, is almost the end of the the book. Uh, so I guess before she dives into the, the next two chapters being the distributive and regenerative uh, economy, she does make a case that we have to look at the economy very differently. It is a system, but it's not a mechanical system. Mm-hmm. It's more like a garden. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is a, which requires a different way of perceiving what's going on. Yeah, yeah. and also different yeah. uh, materials. So she, she invites to leave the spanner at home and... Uh, yeah. And do more pruning, she says, right? So it's more about shaping conditions and maintenance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again here, what you also mentioned earlier, you know, the, the uh, quoting Donella Meadows, for instance, and, uh, you know, saying that uh, we, we need to observe the system first before we can understand its leverage points. We need to learn its history. So before you can charge in to make things better, pay attention to what's already there. And um, um, characteristics of effective systems being a healthy hierarchy. So that's the whole nested system. One system is nested in another. So that's what she means with hierarchy. And then the self-organization uh, of a system, so to be able to have more complex structures of, of communication and of, uh, of self-organization. Um, so also look at the commons and the household she mentions here and to, uh, to also look at the resilience of a system that uh, it is able to endure and come back from shocks. And to build diversity and redundancy in systems as well, or to acknowledge the diversity, the importance of diversity and redundancy in systems. Yeah, 
And then she closes with getting ethical, yes. which is for economists much needed. Well, uh, uh, it's almost like the with, with great power comes great responsibility. So the economic system is obviously very influential for every every everybody for every every person's life. So if you if you pursue a science uh, that uh, that is basically also about how to influence over others, you have to talk about the ethical obligations of this. You have to have the ethical discussion as well, right? So um, it's basically at the end of her chapter an invitation to uh, to do more of that, and she has four uh, recommendations in that sense. I don't know if she's quoting somebody of its of, or or if that's those are her own con um, recommendations. But she says you have to act in service, you have to respect autonomy. So, for instance, if you look at, at a community or a commons, you have to respect and involve uh, them. We have to be prudential, so not just think of policies and implement them. We have to really look at what the, what the impact might be. And we have to work with humility. Yeah, I think she, she mentioned that as a, as a st starting point for principles uh, for what could be an economist, economist's oath, like you would have in yeah. medicine or with the banker's mm -hmm. oath. Um, and there yeah. currently is not one for economists, but these four yeah. would uh, would be a good starting would point. Would be a good starting point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think she ends with uh, also a nice quote of uh, Donella Meadows again: "The future can't be predicted, but it can be envisioned and brought lovingly into being." Yeah, systems. Systems can't be exactly, controlled. Continues. But they can be designed and redesigned. Yeah, and we can listen to what the system tells us and discover how its properties and our values can work together to bring forth something much better than can ever be produced by our will alone. Yeah. Don yeah, yeah. Donella Meadows was... Uh, uh, I put in the... I, I mentioned that video by her on Vision a couple of times. Uh, I think I put it in the, the wiki now as well. I think it put it in this chapter. I hope that I can find it. No, I put it in chapter three. Uh, mm -hmm. But she was on the uh, Limits to Growth team, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, I think uh, it's worth to uh, have another look at. I will uh, do that myself anyway. <laughs> yeah. So is that on your bucket list? Well, uh, what I would like to do is to, uh, to design with you a, sh a small simulation oh, in okay. Insight Maker. Cool. Yeah, and run it. And run it and see what it. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's a very nice, uh, very practical uh, exper experiment learning by doing yeah. Yeah. bucket list item. I love yeah, that. Yeah, but for that we will need to identify first the system in focus. Uh, you know, what is the system that we want to observe? Uh, what is the feedback loop? Uh, what are feedback loops going on? Are they reinforcing, balancing? Blah blah blah. But could we do more of a, more of an improv in building that? So you just put in that, like at a certain point in the book, she also mentioned the, the agent model, right? There, so at a certain point in simulations, instead of this one consumer worker owner person, you have different agents, like different uh, different characteristics, different groups of people, and then uh, scientists would just run the simulation and see what happened. So what if you uh, uh, come up with a character and I, and I come up with another character and then you come up with a character again and I do the same and then we just make, we, we create and improvise these variables and then we just run it. Wow, I, I wish uh, I have played around. <laughs> so instead with, uh, of those uh, low, this thinking... Uh, I've been Sorry? I've been playing with Insight Maker, uh, uh, and I'm afraid it 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 will well it may help maybe we you know maybe you and I together it will blow will up. Discover, <laughs> uh, I just hear you laughing. The line is choppy. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, sorry about it. I don't know what's happening, but um, yeah. My internet connection might just be as tired as I am. Perhaps that's the case. I think we have a, uh, a precondition for 
for uh, for uh, a viable system that needs nurturing. <laughs> mm, yeah, I need to look into this, but I I don't know what. Usually, I have a very good internet connection, but I don't know. Maybe there's just some outside force that I have. It must be an externality that's, uh, that's, that's uh, invisible. Must be an, must be a side effect, an externality indeed. Um, yeah, I. For me, the bucket list item would be, I love yours, uh, but I also, what I really felt is, uh, I want to learn more about Eleanor Ostrom mm-hmm. and her work, because she was also mentioned quite often during Metaphorum as yep. well, so I would like to dive in, uh, dive deeper into her work and um, her the insights uh, from her work. So that's uh, that's my bucket list. Yeah, she has uh, rules. Uh, so we talked about, you know, she has analyzed uh, the uh, effective commons as part of her Nobel Prize winning research, and and, and from that she developed mm-hmm. rules for uh, for commons uh, design. Uh, so that would certainly be interesting uh, to uh, to look yeah. into. Cool. Yeah. No. Okay. So we did well. Uh, <laughs> let's call it a night. It, it was hard work. Uh, it felt like, poof, uh, yeah. There's so much in this chapter again, but we, we keep repeating ourselves. There's just so much in this book we could. That's why I think uh, Donut Talks has, uh, has many series to well, come. Well, I think yet. Uh, after this particular one, uh, I'd like to uh, do a deep dive on something. Uh, yeah, that's what the bucket list is for. So, uh, oh, oh I, I'm, so I'm just catching up with the bigger vision, Lita. <laughs> so thank you for tonight and uh, thank you thank you and we will speak next week for sure probably.